Hey church, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that time of worship. Um, I'm so privileged today to bring God's word to you and I hope uh, that you had an awesome service so far. As you've prepared your heart today uh, to receive God's word, I truly believe that, that your mind will be renewed and your life will be transformed. I want you to believe with me that your life will be transformed today. We're gonna uh, do communion at the end of my message. So stay tuned, it's gonna be an awesome word today. Uh, and I, I just believe that, uh, that you will experience Christ on a whole other level today. We're still talking about the mind of Christ, uh, but the title of my message today is God of Justice. It's a beautiful, beautiful message. I want you to, to position yourself to really uh, think outside the box today. Think outside normal uh, Christianity. Think outside of normal religion. And I really believe that as you do that, as you position yourself to go beyond what you've heard before, uh, that you will experience something fresh and new this week. So I want us to open our Bibles to John chapter 1 uh, and we'll begin there. John chapter 1 and we'll read from verse 1 onwards. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I want you to go to verses 14. And it says, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, and of his fullness and of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This is a very powerful passage uh, that is very pivotal for our faith in God, especially in understanding the progressive nature of God's word. You know, before God's word became flesh, Jesus Christ, God's word was in his mind. Before he even spoke it, it was in his mind. And God's word was with God. It was in God. It, were, it is God. God's mind, the mind of Christ is God. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because we must understand that the mind of Christ, Christ, Jesus Christ, was full of grace and truth. We beheld his glory and it was full of grace and truth truth. Now grace, ladies and gentlemen, is a, is a new covenant reality. So grace is a new covenant reality and grace means that it is God's ability in us, right? God's ability in and through us that enables us to live from righteousness. It enables us to live from the fulfillment of the law. So which means if we believe Jesus has rescued us, if we believe that Jesus is our Savior, He's our Lord and He's our Savior, it means that now from the day Jesus rescues us, it's not just we're going to heaven, although we are, our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that is sealed. There's no issues with that. But the purpose that we have on the earth, we fulfill God's purpose on the earth through His grace. We don't come under the law, but we actually come under grace, His grace. We live not for righteousness, but we live from righteousness. We live from justification. We live from faith. We don't live for faith. We don't do things to receive something from God. Every blessing in the heavenly places has been given already to us. So, so we live from that place. We don't go to God asking Him for things, but we actually go to God saying, how can we steward your things on the earth? It's a completely different dimension to how we used to think before. In organized religion, 
organized religion communicates to us and teaches us the law is our mentor before Jesus Christ, before the spirit. The law used to tutor us. We were like children when we were under the law. The law used to tell us, hey, do this and don't do that. Do this, do this. Pray so many times a day. Fast on these days. Do this, don't do that. Give like this. Give 10% here. Do this, do this. It used to give us, it was an instructor to us. But when we came, when we got saved by through Jesus Christ, we've come under grace now and grace enables us. It is God's ability in us to live from the fulfillment of the law. We don't live to fulfill the law, but we live from the fulfillment of the law. Okay, which means we, we, we're, we're in a higher place rather than living for blessings, living for uh, restoration in our lives. We live, we live from a place of being restored in right relationship with God. This is very important because here he says, and for his fullness, of the fullness of Christ, we have received grace for grace. We have all received of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace, which means we have received his fullness and we have also received grace for grace, right? And he goes on to say, for the law was given through Moses, okay? But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, which means if you are today, if you believe Jesus Christ has rescued you, you got saved through Jesus Christ, but you're still living under the law, it means that Jesus Christ, you believe that Jesus has not saved you and the law still is trying to save you. You're being saved by your own works and not through what Jesus has done on that cross. But I want to encourage you, Jesus has done so much for us. It's amazing. Of His fullness, we have all received. Which means every single person on the planet has received of his fullness and we have received grace for grace the law was given through Moses but grace and truth grace and truth came through Jesus Christ not just grace but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ a lot of times we we say hey you know we're a grace church we're a grace church man in a grace culture we live like this we have these values It's good, it's true, and it's good, but I want to present to you that it's only one side of the coin. I want to present to you as a Christian, as a person who has the mind of Christ, as a new creation in Christ Jesus, you cannot only be a gracie. You have to be full of grace and full of truth. You cannot only be grace. I'm living by grace, brother. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And we ignore truth. David says, you desire truth in my inward parts. Which means from the inside out, nobody knows us like God knows us. And there is a, there is a knowing on the inside. I know. You know on the inside when you are not living like Christ. You know on the inside when you could have stood up for righteousness, but you actually gave in to bribing. You actually did that. Somebody is doing that right now. Somebody is at a position where you have to give a bribe or stand up for the truth. And I want to encourage you. This word is for you. Stand for the truth. And you. this is a test that is happening right now. And if you stand for the truth, if you stand for the grace and truth in your life. It's truth. If truth is a value in your life, righteousness is a value in your life, don't give that bribe. Don't give that bribe. And I'm telling you, God will open a door for you that no man can shut. Come on, this is powerful. Right. So grace and truth. Both these two things, grace, the doctrine of grace and truth itself are two sides of the same coin called Jesus Christ. Of His fullness, we have received grace for grace, but we have also received grace and truth. You cannot only have grace, but not think about truth. And really what I want to present to you is this mindset of truth, this heart of truth, this this mind that is 
that lives according to the value systems that are based on truth and not hearsay the value systems that are based on the truth not only of god's word but also of his nature his character and his abilities in our life a lot of times people live according to interpretations of the truth not the truth itself and it it should be a desire in our hearts to live according to the truth of god's word you know jesus says um you know in in john chapter 8 and verse 32 he says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free you shall know the truth so in the mind of christ in the in the new creation the mind of christ which has been given to you the fullness of the mind of christ has been given to you so when you have the mind of christ you have now that you have the spirit of christ living on the inside of you so as a new creation you are full of grace his ability to live and function from the fulfillment of the law and the truth about god's nature his character his abilities his word truth and this truth when you and i start living from truth not for truth not to discover truth when we start living from truth now we start experiencing a whole another dimension a whole another side of god and today i want to present something to you in humility i want to submit this teaching to you so that you can take it you can study it in god's word for yourself and I, and i want you to uh, and my heart's desire really is for you to embrace this teaching truth is about the holistic side of god you know uh, often times christians uh only prefer embracing the goodness of god yes god is good brother god is good great the grace of god god is good brother god is good and yes he is good but he is also truth he is also truthful truth is a personal assessment of our humanity that has had a an encounter or an experience with the reality of who god is so which means when truth is experienced when when the truth of god is experienced it becomes the reality in our lives we don't live according to an actuality of what we see in the physical touch feel see of our life we live according to the reality of who god is but that only comes when we have a personal experience when we have a personal encounter with truth with revelation itself see the holy spirit on the inside of us reveals the mind of christ it reveals the truth about the mind of christ it reveals the truth about god who can know the mind of a person except the spirit of the person and so which means that we are positioned in a place where we have the spirit of god that searches all the deep things it searches all the mind of god it searches this vast mind and he begins to reveal these things to us but these things that he reveals the mind of christ god himself is the truth but this truth is a reality that needs to be experienced but when we experience that reality we've got to make an assessment of our humanity that has had an encounter with the reality of god so that the reality of god becomes our present reality a woman can talk about um uh you know having uh children and and all of these things uh without having children it's just knowledge to her but there's something different about a woman who actually gets pregnant carries a baby for 9 months and delivers a baby and starts looking after that baby after that that moment in time there's something different about a person who has knowledge and a person who has the experience who has experienced the knowledge and truth is something that needs to be experienced if you don't experience revelation if you don't have a personal encounter with god with how he is revealing himself in his word you will have knowledge 
but not of reality. You will have a lot of knowledge of God, but that knowledge hasn't become a reality in your life. It hasn't become truth in your life. We really need to make an honest assessment of who we are and the choices we make. As the new creation, our responsibility is not to be a mere human being. Our responsibility is constantly progressing into divinity. Our responsibility to God is to be transformed into His image and likeness, which happens by the renewing of your mind. And so we see a lot of, I've, I've come across many Christians who can quote scripture, the, 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 the chapter, the verse, all of these things. They can quote it, which version of the Bible also, they, they can quote all these things to you. But they have not experienced those verses personally. And so when they don't experience those verses personally, they, they don't speak from the depth of knowing. They speak from just head knowledge. They sound academically right, but they lack the experience of it. It's like, a, it's like, it's like students today. You know, we, we spend uh, 21 years, 20 years of our lives studying academics and then it's time to get a job. And when you go to get a job, what is the first thing that they tell you? You don't have experience. So we're going to give you less salary because we are the ones who are taking on the responsibility of training you now and giving you the experience so that you can function better. See, knowledge is only knowledge until it is experienced. But when knowledge is experienced, it becomes wisdom in our life. That aspect of becoming wisdom is us gaining the reality of the truth of who God is in our lives the reality of God's word in our life. It becomes, you, you are transformed into that. You can never go back from that. Once you have an encounter with God, once you have an experience of His, with, of, of His word, the truth of His word, my goodness, that truth becomes the reality of your life. You can never go back. You will only go forward. You will only progress because you've had an encounter with the most progressive one. It's powerful church. You know, many Christians today claim, brother, God is good, brother. God is good, my sister. Praise the Lord, God is good. And He is good. There's no doubt about it. But all these people claim God is good because they're getting something out of it. They're experiencing His goodness. That's why God is good. But what happens to these same people when they experience a season of testing? When, they, when their backs are against the wall? When their debtors are at their throat? When the banks are at their throat asking for the payment when the bills are needed to be paid when an accident happens or some a love a person in their family passes away or dog or cat whatever happens what happens to these people's concept of god is god still good then see when they're in christian circles they even though they it's tough they they're going through a tough time and and you know, they, they, they put on a brave face and, and, and they try to smile, but they're trying to tell you something that life is not good, man. Chuck's dude, it's tough, man. These days are tough, you know, job loss is tough. Salary being cut is tough. It's tough, man. But it is in these moments, ladies and gentlemen, and I want you to hear my heart in what I'm saying. It is in these moments that we make an assessment of God. We make a consideration about God. We, 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 when, when we are going through testing, we make statements like this, God is good brother, but, but what I'm experiencing right now is not good. <laughs> what I'm experiencing right now is really completely opposite to what God has promised me. 
Oh. God gave me a word that I will marry this person. God gave me a word that I will have this job. God gave me a word that he will open these doors for business. God gave me a word. I'm living. I was hanging by these promises, brother, but somehow right now I'm in a season where that revelation of God, that truth of God is being challenged. And it's okay to be in that place and and I want you to know that there's no condemnation. It's okay to be in that place as long as you hear this word and you begin to apply it in your life. What I'm about to teach you. Because a lot of us are there and our circumstances around us completely change the way we look at God. And the full truth, the whole truth, the holistic side of truth is we take into consideration that God is good, but He is also just. And we must not only say God is good because we're presenting, we're putting ourselves in a position that sets ourselves it sets us up for disappointment. When things don't happen according to what we want to happen or what God has said will happen. And I hope you understand where I'm going with this. We, we set ourselves up for failure. But we don't set ourselves up to, to mature and see how God matures His children. How our Heavenly Father matures His children. See, God... Even though he is a good father and he's a loving father, he judges according to justice. He judges according to righteousness. You know, Psalm 11 and verse 7 says this The Lord is righteous and he loves justice. The upright will see his face. Come on. The Lord is righteous. He is justice and He loves justice. Now, if you were to make an honest assessment of your life, if you were to make an honest assessment of of the choices you've been making, have your choices revealed to God in a season when things are not going according to what you say or what God has said. In those seasons, have you made an honest assessment That God is a just God. See, a lot of us, when things don't go well, we make statements. God has abandoned me. God has left me. I feel abandoned. I feel depressed. I feel sick. I feel hopeless. I feel like my life is not going anywhere. I'm believing the promises. But why is it not coming to pass? We must understand that if you want to experience the manifestation of breakthrough, the manifestation of the blessing that God has already released over your life, you need to position yourself and always remain in the place where you consider the failings of your humanity, the failings of the thoughts in your mind. When nobody else is watching, We have to consider the things that we have said when church people weren't around. The things that we did when church people weren't around. But God was watching. See, you know, when God gave me a prophetic word that we will receive a new car, brother. Praise the Lord. And everybody's saying amen and hallelujah. Yes, we're receiving. But while you were driving the rent-a-car, you were treating that rent-a-car like trash. While you were driving your friend's car, you were driving that car like trash. You were flooring it. You were breaking. You were not treating it with respect. And God's like, okay, he's making a bad assessment right now. He's not making a mature choice that reveals Christ. Think about it from, from, a, from a point of, of, of jobs. 
we want jobs we want better jobs and of course god wants you to prosper please don't think that god doesn't want you to prosper but in order for you to experience prosperity in order for god to re- release that over your life he has to do it in a just manner otherwise he's an unjust father he's an unjust judge it's a judge that favors one even when that one does not deserve it see we look at it from a point of of of, of christ likeness we look at it from a point of of um of what Jesus has done I did not deserve and Jesus did that for me and I'm saved today and because of his grace that's grace ladies and gentlemen you did not deserve it but once you're saved now you have the mind of Christ you can't live according to injustice you can't make choices outside of the mind of Christ you can't make choices that that reveal your fallen humanity you can't reveal you can't make choices based on the old man and expect god to bless you according to the mind of christ it's unjust for god to do that please open your heart to this i understand the doctrine of the goodness of god but you have to have a holistic picture that god is a just god it means when he rules with justice it means that he is fair we think that you know just because i'm a christian and god is good to me that now i can just sit and waste my time in the office and then god will give me a promotion man god is my big boss and then when it doesn't happen and you were expecting the promotion and just before the that the the assessment can come you start working hard hey listen i've done all these things okay i i know exactly what i'm talking about just before the assessment of the boss one month before the assessment the yearly assessment happens my goodness you start working hard work overtime to get your sales targets to do all of that stuff so that the boss can actually give you a good assessment and you can get a raise or promotion see but when you look at it from god's perspective he was looking that if you had 8 hours to work what were you doing for those 8 hours we have access to open heavens but we have access to open heavens and all the blessings ladies and gentlemen through christ he has blessed christ he has revealed he has released all the blessings to those who are in christ and the whole truth and nothing but the truth is this that you can't just take the goodness of god the revelation of the goodness of god and only live by that you've also got to live by the understanding that god is a just god and he will reveal he will release the blessings over you when you start living according to the mind of christ now you must understand that jesus says that he is a righteous judge but he judges according he doesn't judge on his own assessment according to his own will but he judges according to the will of his father you must understand what jesus is doing he set the standard for you and i that today we cannot judge people according to our own understanding i've got to judge people according to how god sees them i've got to judge situations and circumstances in my life according to the way god sees it i've got to judge coronavirus according to the way god sees it not according to what man says it is not according to what the media says it is not according to hype and i can't go we can't go have highs and lows you must understand what god is trying to teach us today full truth not just a part of it a part of it is god is good god is faithful god is righteous but you and i cannot ignore that god is a just god and he judges according to fairness he judges according to justice i want you to go to hebrews chapter 11 and i want to show you how sarah made it how she made it into this book okay the hall of faith verse 8 uh verse 9 and verse 10 talks about Abraham and his faith okay verse 11 is very very 
awesome. It says this, By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. Okay? She didn't receive the seed. She didn't, just didn't receive a miracle. But she received strength to conceive a seed. Okay? And she bore a child when, he, when she was past the age. And listen to this. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Wow, this is powerful. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive and deliver the baby when she was past the age, which means she had, she had, so Abraham and Sarah had received a promise when they were younger that they would have a son. Right? And even though she had gone past the age of, of conceiving a child and, and bearing a child, bringing a child into the world, she, she got into this book, into this hall of faith, because she judged him who was faithful. She judged him faithful who had made the promise, which means she, that word judged over there is the word to consider. She considered God, the one who made the promise, as having the ability to give her the strength to conceive and bring forth the child into the world. This is phenomenal only because she, the Bible says she judged God, which means she, she considered, she made a consideration, she made a choice to she made a choice to, um, to place God, to put Him where He should be. She, she didn't just say, hey, God is good, God is good. He gave me a promise, He gave me a promise. And then after the child wasn't born, she did not conceive. She started getting old. Her body started wrinkling away. Her, you know, she started putting on weight and then she started getting old and, and all the, the, the things that come with old life. And, and she, every time she gets up from the bed, she, you know, she feels weak and all. She's going through life and what normal people would have given up, they were like, yeah, man, shucks, you know, God gave me a promise when I was young. Maybe I, I sinned, maybe I made a mistake and the promise would have gone. But Sarah, even though she had gone into her old age, considered, she judged him faithful. Who had given her a promise? Powerful. Wow. This is amazing. How many of us have received prophetic words last year and we've already forgotten those prophetic words for this year? How many of us have received words over our life? We have received more words over our life than Abraham and Sarah did put together. We've received prophetic words and we were like, God is good, man. When we received the prophetic words, God is good. We, we were like, we felt so emotional. We felt connected to God and, and we worshiped and we gave everything. But when it hit a moment of testing, when, when the time came for us to, to, and we started experiencing that, you know, the, the cracks in the wall started showing of our faith. The, the cracks in the wall of our faith started showing. And, and slowly, little by little, our, our, our Christian steam started going out. And we started losing the fire, brother. Pray for me. I, I want more anointing. Pray for me. I want more fire of God, you know, over my life. But when we received the prophetic word, we didn't need anybody to pray for us. We didn't really need anybody to tell us anything. I got a word from God. And that's enough. For the rest of my life, I'm going to go on this word. But somehow, when things started getting tough, when old age started appearing, when we started processing the prophetic word according to human knowledge, human experience, that's when we started losing our faith in who God said He is to us. We started losing this consideration that God is not only good, but He's also fair. God is not only good, but, but the one who made the promise is able to keep the promise. See, we've received prophetic words in our, over our church that our church is a COVID-free zone. And my God, for the last one year, we've had such phenomenal words 
such a phenomenal time of perfect health. So many people getting healed. So many people uh, testing negative. I mean, it was amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But then suddenly now, we see in the city, the COVID cases are starting to increase. And slowly, little by little, we're beginning to hear, hey, you know, uh, so-and-so was tested positive. Oh, whoa, whoa, what happened? We start questioning God. We start questioning His promise. We start questioning, is, is the word real? After one year of not having any, any, any COVID cases in our church, all of a sudden now, we're like, hey, has the word run out? Was it meant for one year warranty? One year guarantee, one year warranty, you know, like mo- mo- most, most of the electronic stuff that we get. It was God's word. Did it come with a warranty for one year? And after that, brother, you're on your own. You have to fix your own life. We have to understand that even though we might have a few cases show up now and again, it's a test. And I'm going to explain the test to you in a little bit and then you'll understand. That God, when He has to bless you, when He has to reveal or manifest a blessing in your life, He has to reveal that blessing based on His assessment. And that assessment is His justice, fairness. Are you at the position where you have stewarded your life? You have stewarded the prophetic word and not given up And you still consider God as a just, as a good God, even when things don't work out according to his goodness. Are you still in that place? Because there's a, now COVID-19 cases will start increasing. Do you question God's goodness in your life? Do you question God's love for you? Do you question God's ability to heal your body? Do you question God's ability to keep your body protected from any virus? Or any sickness. God healed me of cancer. God healed me of, of, of this, of diabetes. God healed me of all of that. But all of a sudden it came back again. We must understand. These things happen. These things come around in our life, ladies and gentlemen, as tests. But these tests are not because God questions your loyalty. God questions your love. But He wants to see whether even in dire circumstances, even in, in, in difficult times, Do you still, does your assessment of him change? Because if your assessment of him doesn't change, that's when you start making choices. You start making choices according to what you have considered him to be to you. And that's what truth is. The truth is, no matter when you have experienced God in a a fresh and a new way, and you've experienced him according to his word, that experience never changes your view of God, your, your, uh, your assessment of God, your consideration of God. And just like Sarah, even in old age, it doesn't matter what has happened. doesn't matter what happens to my body. I know that God has give me, given me a promise. I know that he who promised will see it, that this promise will come to pass. I know I will not give up. I will not, even if it doesn't happen to me, it will happen to the next generation. It will happen to generations after me. It doesn't matter, but God never changes. And this is something that we need to keep in our mind because we always position ourselves for good things to happen to us. And when these things don't happen to us, do we change our mind about God? Do we change our mind about His church? Do we feel like, oh, do you have the churches? I don't agree with the church. I don't do this. I no, 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 ladies and gentlemen, just calm down. Just bring it down. Just take a peaceful assessment of where your mind is. Take a peaceful assessment of where God is in that situation. You always have to come into a place of rest knowing where God is in the storm. Has God changed because of the storm? He never changes. That's what the Bible says. But have you changed because of the storm? Has your assessment of God, has your consideration of God, has it changed? Because if it has changed, you start saying things, you start acting out of your Christ-likeness. You start acting like a mere human being again. And when you start acting out like a mere human being, you disqualify yourself from actually allowing God to manifest the blessings in your life. 
God is a fair God. He makes judgments according to fairness. And a lot of people don't like this. They think it's the law. It's not the law, ladies and gentlemen. Let me explain something to you. When you are saved into Christ, when you are saved into Christ and Christ is in you and His mind is in you, God expects you to live from the mind of Christ. He does not bless the old man. And when we start acting and we start communicating from the old man, we are allowing these words, you must understand that you are, you have dominion on the earth. You have power, you have authority on the earth. And when you start communicating from the old man, jealousy, you start communicating from jealousy, you start communicating from anger, hatred, betrayal, hurt. When you start communicating from these places, ladies and gentlemen, you are compounding a witness against you. Your conscience begins to witness against you. I hope you understand what I'm saying. When God takes an assessment of where you've been and what you've done, and it's time for you to now receive your blessing. So your conscience on the inside of you begins to witness against you. Because you have compounded now the lifestyle, the choices of the old man. And he witnesses against you and God's heart is so full of love for you. God's heart is so good towards you. He wants you to have everything. But he wants you to also mature to be able to steward everything that he wants to give you. But if you are still manifesting the old mind and speaking according to the old man, acting like fleshy around people, controlling, manipulating people, controlling and manipulating circumstances and situations, trying to, trying to manipulate people so that you can get something out of it. And so you can win people on your side. Let me tell you something. You are acting, you are revealing to God that you are still the old man and you're not ready for the blessings that God has released over Christ. See, because Christ stewards himself. He says, I don't make my judgments according to anybody else, not even my own decisions, not according to my own will, but I make my judgments according to the Father's will. It's very powerful. If you can only get this, this will change your life. It would change how you view God and people. One day, I was really upset with Buddy. He had done something uh, around Kelsey and I was very upset with him. He, he, he acts with me a certain way uh, because I'm naturally very dominant around him because uh, psychology is that they, they, there needs to be an alpha male in the house or an alpha in the house and the pack begins to submit to that alpha. Now, Kelsey is very gentle. She's very, she does not reveal, and most, most of you know Kelsey, she's, she's gentle, she's kind-hearted. She, she doesn't scream. I've never heard Kelsey scream ever. 14 years of marriage, my goodness, I've never heard Kelsey raise a voice. Uh, and so you can only imagine now, Buddy, because he, he is being renewed, his mind is being renewed by, uh, by us, uh, he tends to act differently around Kelsey. He, he tries to boss her around. He tries to, you know, tries to pull her hand and, and tease her and do stuff that, that, you know, he wouldn't do with me. As, as his steward, I can't bless Buddy if he's acting out of his character. I can't give him a treat when he behaves like that with Kelsey. I have to make an honest assessment, not because I don't love him, but because he's not ready for the treat. If I give him a treat, I will only empower the bad behavior. And sometimes Christians are like that. They have bad behavior, humanistic, old mind behavior, when no Christians are watching, but God is watching. And they have Christ-like behavior around Christians, but God is watching. And then the time comes for them to experience blessing. Time comes, they're at the Red Sea and the enemy is coming at them. And now they need the Red Sea to part. And it doesn't happen. And that's the moment where they begin to question, is God really good to me? Is God a just God? 
because I believed him. I believed his promises. They came with a yes and an amen like we sang today. But it is in those moments of difficulty. It is in those moments where you're faced, you're in front of a wall, you're in front of the Red Sea and your enemy is behind you. That you need to be like Sarah. She judged him faithful. She judged him faithful. Why? Because he was the one who gave the promise. He is the one who will keep his promise. A lot of us want promises from God to happen in the time that we want it to happen. But God wants us to mature as his children. Transformation comes through the renewing of your mind. It's a process. It's, it's progressive. It's a progressive lifestyle of coming out of the old into Christ, into new. If you can go to Job chapter 1 very quickly and we'll read verse 1. I want to I wanna read to you his credentials before God. There was a man, verse 1, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man, now just listen to this, that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. That is what he was known in heaven as. He was not just known on the earth like that. He was known to God like this. God knew him as a man who was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. My goodness, that is the perfect Christian. Now, to that perfect Christian, you want to see how God promotes him? Now, verse 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. Now, I would love to see the scene, uh, how they came. But if you understand the meaning of Satan, he's not, Satan is not a person, but an adversary. Okay? Also came among them and the Lord said to Satan, not, not talking to his sons, he's talking to Satan. He says, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. He's like, hey, where did you come from? I just went to the earth for a walk. But you must understand, this guy is very smart. This adversary is very smart. He's walking around the earth looking for injustice. And he couldn't find, and so now he's come to give a report to the Lord. Okay? Verse 8, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? My goodness, God! Okay, you have to listen to me now. This is in the Bible. I'm not reading it from any other book. God is the one who's pointing out Job. But I thought Christians were, were safe from the devil. Christians were safe from the enemy. But here, God is saying, Hey, listen, have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered the same word that Sarah uses for God? Have you considered... Life Church Global. Oh, now you'll get it. Have you considered Life Church Global? Coronavirus? They are blameless. Oh, come on. I set you up for that one. That was a dab moment, but I don't want to do it right now. Have you considered coronavirus? Where have you been? I'm, Lord, I've been going through and for the earth. Have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and an upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Hello. Put yourself in his place right now. Put yourself in Job's place. Do you fear God for nothing? No, you get something out of it. <laughs> Have you not made a hedge around him Life Church Global has God not made a hedge around you around your household around all that he has on every side 
you have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. Has this not happened to us? But now, he's, Satan is telling God, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. Satan, the, our adversary, today our adversary is telling God, God, you protected Life Church Global. You protected John and Kelsey. Put your name there. You protected Lavina. You protected Christopher. You protected these people. But if you, God, can stretch out your hand and touch them, they will curse you. Come on now. But you see, God doesn't touch us. God doesn't stretch out his hand and touch Job. But what he does, he's so confident in us being having the mind of Christ that he says to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So for, when I'm comparing Life Church Global to Job, just, it, it's, just a, it's just a metaphor. It's just so that you understand the season that we're in. Okay? And so we see that now Satan comes and he touches Job's body. He touches his family. He touches his possessions. touches all of these things. And Job is now going through the worst experience of his life. And he starts off really well. Does not curse God. Doesn't say anything against God. But then he has three of his friends that come to him and aggravate the situation and turn Job against God. And Job begins to, not only, he, re, he regrets the day that he was born. So he makes a consideration of himself. He makes a choice that reveals to God his heart. It reveals to God Job's heart for God until another friend comes to Job and reveals who God is to Job. And then God comes to him in a whirlwind and begins to say, speak to Job and say, who do you think you are? And eventually we see Job repenting. He said, God, I have heard with my ears, but now my eyes have seen and I repent. See, we can hear a lot of messages, but do you see him in those messages? Do you see him when you apply the word in your life? Do you see him? Because when you see him as he is, truth, when you see him as he is, when you experience him as he is, now that begins to completely change the way, change who you are. You are transformed into his image and likeness. And when God wants to bless you. When God wants to manifest His blessings over your life, He's looking for Christ. He's looking for Christ in you. Because the only way He can justly judge is if He judges Christ. Now please, He had judged Christ on the cross. Christ took our place so that we could be hidden in Christ today. But today you must understand that the Bible says that God did not even spare His own Son. But He gave Him up for us. He did not even spare His own Son. The Bible says that God chastises those He loves. And a lot of times I've heard people preach that chastisement is about punishment. But it's not punishment. The word chastisement means teaching. God teaches those whom He loves. And some of us learn through life experiences. He just, he allowed Jesus to experience the cross, but Jesus never once made a wrong assessment of his father. He always judged his father as a just man. See, sometimes we judge our parents according to bad experiences that we may have had. But our responsibility, whether it is our physical parents or spiritual parents, or the covering that we have, we judge our covering without even thinking twice. But you and I need to understand that God is watching when we make those judgments, when we make those 
when we say those words that come out of our mouth, when we say, when we reveal the intentions of our heart, when we consider we're making a judgment according to human understanding and not according to the justice, the righteousness of God, according to the will of God. That's when you reveal to God that you're not ready to experience a greater measure of stewardship. You're not ready to to experience the, the manifestations of greater blessings in your life. That's why. And I wanted to present this this to you so that we are not caught off guard when things happen to us in our lives. See, Jesus was, when he got baptized with the Holy Spirit, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, instead of taking him to the temple to minister, to heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers, because that was his call over his life, took him straight to the wilderness to be tested and tempted of the devil. So God uses the devil to reveal maturity of Christ-likeness in our lives. I want you to go to John chapter 15 right now. I want to show you something in Jesus' life. John chapter 15, verse 1, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, we've always heard this message that we need to be connected to Christ, we need to bear fruit, all of these things. We've not considered that Jesus is the one whom the Father is chastising in this moment. The branch that does not, he says, the, every branch in me. He doesn't say you. He says every branch in me which means there are branches who are connected to Christ that don't bear fruit that God takes away. And every branch in Christ that does bear fruit, He prunes so that we may bear more fruit. By the end of the day, it's about Christ bearing fruit. If God can do this to His Son, if you are hidden in Christ, ladies and gentlemen, God does this to us as well. Because in these moments, we reveal to God our understanding of the whole truth about God. Is God only good or is God fair? And we must have an understanding of the entire spectrum, the whole truth. God is good, but He's also fair. He judges in a fair manner. He's a righteous judge. He loves justice. And when you understand that God loves justice, you will start making decisions. You will start making choices that reveal to God that that you love His justice. You love His nature of being fair. That you don't go to Him from from an unjust way asking for blessings. When you know secretly that you have not been like Christ. You go to God demanding and commanding and reminding Him of promises that He made. Can you imagine Sarah and Abraham for how long they just waited and waited. That word consider over there means that it was the leading thought in her mind. Which means every thought that Sarah had was submitted to this one thought that God is faithful. That God who promised is faithful to her. It is in this moment where Job repented of his ways. He came back to the mind of Christ. He came back to the right mind. 
that God wanted him to be at. That he revealed to God that he was ready for a double portion. And my God, God bless Job with so much more. See, we look at trials and testings and wilderness experiences as only a testing. But we don't think that there's blessings that are about to get manifested when we pass those tests. See, God has so much more for you. God has so much, such better health for you. But if you've contracted the virus, doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. God has abandoned you. God's word doesn't work in your life. No, 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 no. He's just testing to see whether you change your mind about it. Because when you do not change your mind about him and you still hold on, God, no matter what happens in my life, I know that you are good. Even if the circumstance in my life is not communicating that, that your goodness, I know you are good. I know that you're a just judge. And I know that you have blessings ready for me. And I'm going to pass this test. I'm going to overcome this temptation. I'm going to not be like the old man. I'm going to be like Christ. I'm going to speak like Christ. I'm going to, I'm going to communicate. I'm going to love like Christ. I'm going, to, I'm going to judge people according to Christ and not according to the old man. Bitter, angry, env envious, jealous and hurt. Stabbed in the back. But actually, I'm going to judge people from righteousness. From experiencing perfect love. See, these are, this is the place where we position ourselves to experience abundance. If God were to give you abundance and you, when you have revealed immaturity, the abundance will destroy you. The blessing can destroy you if your character is still imprisoned by the old man. But today, church, I want to encourage you to embrace the mind of Christ. Embrace His mind. Embrace His will for your life. And it is from that place that you live every single day. No matter what happens, whether your favorite person won the election, whether your favorite party is in, in, in the house or not in the house, whether, you're, you, the, you, whether the, the government of India is treating people badly or right or wrong, we don't judge based on the knowledge of good and evil. We judge based on His will, which is the truth. It's the holistic picture of God. And today some of us have, have heard this word and you've experienced you're in a tough season right now and this word has come at the right time. Some of us have made mistakes and have missed opportunities. But I want to tell you there is still hope for you. God has not given up on you. He has released this word because of His great love for you. Some of you have experienced so much of hardship in your life that you've, you think that God is an angry God and He hates you. But I want to tell you something. I want to encourage you that God is not angry with you. God is a good God, but He's also a fair God. And you've got to make an assessment of your humanity. You've got to make, your, make an assessment of your humanity that has is, that is, that is had an experience of truth, that has had an experience of God that cannot change the way you think about Him and about His people. It is in this moment that you reveal to God that you're ready for greatness. You're ready for the abundance that He has planned. God has great things in plan for us as a church. Just because this season 
is, is taking our church and, and there's so many things happening to the church worldwide. I look at it as one of the greatest privileges that we have. This season is such a blessing to us because I've experienced the, the nearness of God more in this season than I've ever experienced Him in my whole life. I know more about God today thanks to this season that I've had more time at home with this amazing book. I got more time to experience Christ in my wife and my home and my family being at home. How amazing. We've longed to have holidays and now we have holidays. But I want to encourage you church not to give up. Not to get tossed by what is happening, by every wind that blows every which way. But stay strong. Truth grounds you in the foundation of the gospel. The good news of the gospel. God loves you. He cares for you. I want to, we want to get into a time of communion right now. I want to, we're going to get into a song um, right now, a time of worship. And I want you to take this time, the next few minutes, to make an assessment of your life. To make an assessment. Consider God. Consider who He is in your life. And, I, and look at Job's life. Look at Jesus. If He did not spare His own son, do you think He will not test you? He wants to test you so that you can get ready. You can reveal that you are more like Christ than you are like your old self. Use this opportunity right now. Use the next few minutes of, the, of, of your time to, to worship God, to, to get right with Him, to be in line with His will for your life. Seek His will. Get His will. Live from His will. Make that decision. And we're going to do communion in a little bit. And I'll see you back shortly. Bless you.